Hello and welcome back to Talking Manchester United. On this episode, I'm joined by Rohit and Joe as we review the Chelsea and Crystal Palace games and discuss the possible reasons for the recent performances. We also briefly discuss the news of Paul Pogba potentially signing a new contract if we need to begin prioritizing other positions this summer and our favorite Derby memories ahead of this weekend's game with Manchester City. Um, welcome back to the podcast. Um, I've got with me today, I've got Rohit and we've got uh, Joe Lyons um, from Stretty News. Is that right, Joe? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, thanks uh, for for joining us. And Rohit, it's good to have you back. Always good to talk um, United. All um, so, uh, so, first and foremost, I guess we have to start with uh, the Chelsea game. Um, what were you guys' thoughts on that performance? I'm sure it'll probably be very similar to the Crystal Palace game, but let's start with uh, Chelsea. What do you guys think of the performance? Uh, Rohit, let's go with you first. Um, <laughs> once again, uh, a nil-nil um, scoreline, uh, as we did have earlier this season at Old Trafford. I think this nil-nil draw was a lot more entertaining, though, I have to say. Uh, yes, there weren't great chances, but I think it was a high-intensity game, at least in the midfield. And uh, Scott and Fred did really well, I have to say. Um, didn't really see big threats from Chelsea as well, to be fair. I think it was, when it came to the attacking chances, it was quite evenly matched overall. Uh, some chances, yeah, but but quite even. But overall, much better game than the last time uh, the two sides faced each other. Um, would have been much better to have a victory, of course, down at Stamford Bridge. And we don't have a great record over there. I think it's two two victories in the last uh, eight or ten years have come under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So, historically, mm. it's not been great. Uh, we know how many years we were diddled out of results by, by the horrendous uh, refereeing of, of Martin Atkinson. So, I didn't feel that bad about the performance, but the result could have been better. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely thought that the performance, at least defensively, I thought we were very solid. Um, but my problem was when we got the ball, there was just a lack of quality. Uh, Joe, I'll come to you. What What were your thoughts on the performance against Chelsea? I was somewhat satisfied going to Stamford Bridge and coming away with a point because it's obviously a very tough place to go and one that we've mainly struggled with over the years. But it really, it, st- it struck out to me that the lack of chances we created there. It was no surprise with the, the way Chelsea set up with their defensive block. You know, they, were, they weren't there to, I don't, I don't think they set up for the win. I think they had set up to defend well, grab a point mm-hmm. and they'll take that. But um, I, was, I, I thought the, the defence played really well. As uh, right. Rohit said, I thought Scott and Fred did really well in the middle, just spreading the ball out. We should have got that good at the end, though, when um, McTominay was down the right-hand side. It was just a you know, poor ball at the time. But I don't think it's anything to lose sleep over. The lack of chances created were, you know, disappointing. But it's Chelsea. It's Stamford Bridge. You're not going to get, you know, chances galore there. So, at the end of the day, I'm going to take a point all day from there. Yeah. And so, I, I, I agree in that, you know, a point to Chelsea isn't, um, the worst result in the world. As Rohit mentioned, we've had a pretty bad record away at Stanford Bridge for a very, very long time. But is our is this trend where we play against the traditional big six clubs and we've been unable to score? Is is 
that beginning to be a bit of a problem when you look at our record against the traditional big six. Um, do you guys feel that the reaction from the fan base has been a bit dramatic or is it justified? Joe, I'll, I'll come to you first on that. Yeah, um, obviously this season it's been somewhat worrying, but I don't think it's a long-term problem because last season, you know, we had such a such a, an impressive record against the you know the traditional big six. Obviously, the, the traditional big six wouldn't be what it is today. I think I'd probably have Leicester in there, maybe over Arsenal. But mm-hmm. um, you know, last season we we grit and grinded some really good wins against the top six. I think this season it's just been different. The way Greenwood really really isn't as up to scratch as we saw last season. It's Martial yep. as well. We've seen barely any output from him compared to last season where he was on fire and we were making comparisons between Rashford and Martial's partnership as the new Andy Cole and Dwight York. So Dwight York, yeah. It's, it's disappointing to see how his output has affected our record in the big games because Martial is a big game player. He always shows up in the big games or he did until this season. Um, but I think it's just something we got to work towards. You know, we got a really big game on Sunday. And it's you know it's time to make a statement against Man City and you know show that we're not just there to be pushed over in the top six games. Yeah, and Rohit, um, what are your thoughts on if you know the, our record against the supposed traditional big six is a uh, is a is becoming a bit of a problem? My opinion is at the end of the year or the end of the season, it's about how many points that you get on the on the on the board. It's not about who you win against, right? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now let's look at last season. What did we do? Exactly the opposite. We were really strong against the the traditional big six, right? Um, we beat. We did the double over over Manchester City. Um, yeah, we got a point against Liverpool. Uh, beat Chelsea, um, home and away again. Did the double over them, if I'm not mistaken. There were a lot of things that mm-hmm. were different, but our regret at that time was, unfortunately, when you play against the six, the big six, it's it's uh, it's only ten games a season, right? What about the other eighteen? And that's where we were suffering. This year, we've mm-hmm. we've flipped the pyramid, and we're doing much better against the smaller teams, right? Uh, yeah, of course, we've had the odd bad draw like we did last night against uh, against Crystal Palace, the the one all against West Brom. So we're getting better in that in that regard, right? Um, now the challenge is, even though we have better depth in the squad, squad one would argue, uh, we still don't have all the assets firing on all cylinders, um, as Joe rightly pointed mm-hmm. out. Right now, you look at at, at Donny Van der Beek, who's supposed to be uh, the the uh, complement of of or sorry the the substitute who, who comes in for Bruno uh, for Bruno, and he can have a uh, a, uh, a rest. That's not working out right now, right? If that's working mm-hmm. out, Bruno has more rest, and therefore he's not going through this kind of three or four game lull that he's been that he's been having, which is totally normal. Nothing to abuse a player about; it's totally normal. Yeah, I think that's that's a big challenge, and yeah, it is concerning that we're going through this lull. We did start to have these kind of of quite drab, sketchy performances towards the end of the Europa League last year as well. Uh, you know, and we also had towards the end of the the Premier League after Project Restart, right? Um, in some way or the other. So this is very normal for a squad to go through this. Um, and I think what we need to have a little bit of a bit of patience with is giving us a little bit more time to build that additional reliable squad depth where people can can step in. It is disappointing. I, I fully agree, considering that we were top of the league uh, in, in, uh, in January for a couple of weeks or three weeks, right? Um, and the question I would ask everybody is, 
if Manchester City were five points behind us today, right? Just a fictitious situation. And we lost every game against the top six, but we were still top of the league. Would you care? And I'd say most of the people would say, not really, right? If you're still right. top. Yeah, I think for me, um, I would say, I think that the response to our record against the top six, I'm, I agree with you, Rod. I think it's been a bit dramatic. I think that um, our record would not be, I don't think it would be as bad if we were to be winning the additional games that we're supposed to be winning. I do think that um, defensively against the top six, we're not clinging on, sitting back and attempting to play as pure counterattack football where we're just sitting in a deep, low block and trying to spring as fast as we can. I do think they were attempting to be more proactive with the ball. But having said that, bigger games, I think we've just been missing um, quality at individual moments. Rohit, you point out the pass. Um, I think, Rohit, it may have been Joe. Apologies. The pass from McTominay at the very end of the Chelsea game. And it's moments like that that we'd been kind of waiting all game for. And at the, at the moment when we needed most, there was just kind of a lack of quality. So hopefully in the games to come, we can start to kind of see some more quality from our players because that's going to be those individual moments um, are going to ultimately kind of decide a lot of, a lot of the games, unfortunately. Now, Rohit, a, a player that you mentioned, um, Bruno Fernandez, and mentioning that Donny van de Beek was supposed to be brought in to provide him or a bit of reprieve at times. Now, a lot of the media have been saying that we've not been seeing the best of Bruno in some of these big games. And the thing that kind of stood out to me recently is I remember when Paul Pogba was effectively the only creator that we had in the team. And effectively, if you stop Pogba, you stop Manchester United. Now, do you guys feel that part of the problem as of late with Bruno is that with Pogba out of the lineup, teams are effectively just marking Bruno out of the game, and that ultimately is kind of shutting down almost everything that we're doing offensively? Do you guys feel that he's running into the same kind of issues that Paul Pogba used to run into? Rohit, I'll go to you first. I think it, that, that, is a, that is a critical point, right, that you make there. That, uh, and we saw that uh, when we only had Paul Pogba, right? You, you man-mark him out of the game and that's it. Um, look at the game against Chelsea. N'Golo Conte man-marked Bruno the whole time pretty much, right? Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, he intercepts pretty much everything. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where you need somebody else to step up and take the mantle and take the lead, right? And now in the game against Chelsea... Who have you got? You've got a misfiring striker in Anthony Martial who wants the number nine but will not put in enough effort for it. You've got, uh, again, uh, uh, players around you who maybe not are there. You know, even Marcus Rashford, right, made a lot of effort in that game, right? But that cutting edge was lacking because you can't have just one player also with a cutting edge. Somebody else has got to be there for that tap-in on that critically well-placed uh, cross or something or the other. And the other thing is, you know, the... Clubs are getting smarter, coaches are getting smarter because of advanced data analytics, so on and so forth, right? It's much easier to derive an insight as to who is the heartbeat of the team and who is the second slightly smaller heartbeat of the team. And therefore, even the smaller clubs also can now uh, identify the patterns in play, the people to stop. And look, when Bruno came onto the scene, he, 
he ran things a certain way. It's been a year now and a few months. It's it's time that people catch on to how you know onto his game and understand how to stop him. And it's it's not a surprise at all. Every player goes through this. Right, right. Now, Joe, what do you think? Do you think that you know this is just a minor blip in terms of um, Bruno's performance, or do you think, to Rohit's point, people have effectively just kind of worked out the best ways to kind of stifle Bruno, and they've been just deploying that in recent weeks? Um, I definitely think it is a case of play, um, managers and players targeting Bruno as the source of all of our creative at- attack and outputs. But at the end of the day, I think he's better than, you know, he provides better attacking-wise than they do defensive-wise. So I don't think it'll be a problem in the long run. He just has to work out a new sort of strategy or formula in the, in the big six games where he is specifically targeted. I'm sure most teams will look to completely cut him out. But, you know, even last season, he uh, had a brilliant performance against Tottenham. Uh, post restart, I think it was the first game. Yep, yep. Scored the penalty. Um, you know, just because he hasn't been racking in the goals and assists in the games against the big six doesn't make, doesn't necessarily mean that he's completely. You know, it might be far in blanks, but he's he's still providing to the team. Um, yeah. At a at a at a point that I don't think any any other player on the side could. So, you know, teams are obviously targeting him, but he's I think he's good enough to overcome it and see past it. Yeah, I think um, Bruno right now is struggling because I think the players behind him have been struggling to find him in key areas. Um, I, I don't know if you guys feel the same way. I feel like the, the midfield play, whether it was Fred and McTominay or we saw against Palace, it was um, Matic and Fred. It's just kind of slow and they, they, they kind of give the ball away a lot. And I feel like that has obviously hurt the team, but I feel like that also hurts Bruno because he's not picking up the ball in dangerous areas where he can kind of hurt the opposition. Um, Now, speaking of players like Bruno, I saw a stat um, on social media the other day um, where it said that I think of the, the number of minutes that are available to be played throughout the course of the season um, the top five players who played the most minutes of the top five, four of them are United players. Um, Maguire, uh, Marcus Rashford, Bruno Fernandes, and Aaron Wambasaka. And the other one was Yuri Tillemans from Leicester. So that brings me to the question, are you guys worried that our players, and we know obviously the sport is very physical and very intense. And then when you factor in all of what's gone on off the pitch in terms of the world as it is, I'm sure that that, takes even more out of you. Are you guys worried that our players are beginning to kind of suffer from a lack of fatigue, namely the creative ones and Bruno and Marcus, um, just because they never, they never get a break. And given the run of features that we've got coming up, we obviously can't afford to rest them. So Joe, do you think that we're going to have to start trying to find a way to stretch the squad depth just to allow um, some of our players to get a little bit of a breather? Yeah. I mean, I- Fatigue is definitely a problem within the squad, but I'm not sure that the squad depth is good enough to allow them players to rest. I don't think we can afford to let Bruno or Rashford even have a day off. I mean, they've been putting this team on, on their back the whole season, so there are main creative outputs. I'm not sure that, you know, obviously they give their all 100, 110% every game as we'd expect them to, but they're professionals at the end of the day. And obviously the season started later. All these games are crammed into a really short space, so 
I don't think it's just a Bruno and Rashford problem at United. I think it's a problem, you know, league-wide that mm. players are having. Um, obviously, it's I assume it's mentally draining as well. But, you know, I think this international break that's going to come up, I saw also Ollie's trying to prevent Bruno from being selected in the Portuguese squad. So mm-hmm. this break could be really vital for them. And hopefully they do come out fresh, you know, stronger and ready for the, the final push towards the end of the season. Right, right. And Rohe, what about you? What do you think in terms of um, player fatigue and how we're going to have to try to manage it going forward? For me, uh, a little bit more courage from um, from from Ole and his coaching staff on this topic, right? Um, Max Rashford, I understand. Yeah, there's probably... You know, Martial can play that that role on the left. You know, but he doesn't have that kind of understanding with um, with Luke Shaw on the left uh, side of the pitch. Has been so much more uh, more creative in in terms of creating a, uh, um, attacking moves for us, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I I can kind of understand. Okay, yeah, that's a difficult one. Bruno again. I already spoke about that, right? Van der Beek's uh, uh, issues right now. Uh, I I still believe in Donny Van der Beek. I think he will come good in good time. Um, Agreed. But I think I, I I disagree with not giving Maguire a bit of a rest. I think Maguire needs needs rest. There was a stat that said that you know you you shared a good start on the on the Premier League. I believe in twenty twenty uh, Harry Maguire played the most professional minutes of any footballer on the planet. That was a stat that I saw, and uh, I think he deserves a rest as well. Yeah, he deserves a bit of a rest. Mm-hmm. And where I think we have to show more courage is also playing Brandon Williams on uh, at right back. Then Aaron Bissaka. Easily, Juan Bissaka is first choice, but but Brandon Williams on the side can deputize in quite a few games. Or you know, you have Juan Bissaka come off and 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 play Williams. Yeah, he's not as good as 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 um, uh, as Aaron on the on the defensive side and the tackling side. But he is, I would argue, much better on the attacking side. Right? He has a lot of courage and a lot of heart. Right. And we've got to challenge them to get the best out of each other. Just like having. Alex Tellers on the bench has got made, I mean, that and other reasons have, has contributed to, to Luke Shaw being much better, right? Um, and on the other side, right. you will develop players. You know, everybody keeps saying we need to be spending four, five hundred million and buying five and seven players. Axel Twanzebe, for example, could be the correct right by the center back pairing for. Um, for uh, Harry Maguire in the future, but then we don't see him playing enough. Yeah, he had a little bit of a tough time, a couple of mistakes, but he needs to be exposed and challenged a bit now. I, I agree. And I think the point that you make about courage from the manager is a very, very good point, just because I think that we as fans have got questions about the long-term futures of a lot of these players, and if they're good enough to be title-winning Manchester United players, Brandon Williams, Axel Twanzebe, whilst they may not be good enough to be starting full-time as we're attempting to challenge other teams for a title, Rohit, I completely agree with your point that they certainly should be given the opportunity to deputize and get some experience so we can figure out the answer to if they're good enough and then also just kind of spell some of these players. And I also think that, um, you know, I would like to see Ali try, Ali and the coaching staff, work to find ways to start using some of these players because to again to Rohit's point um Brandon Williams what he doesn't offer defensively he does offer something going forward so maybe we need to figure out a way that when we have 
him on the pitch, we just play a little bit different. Or when we have Dan James on the pitch, we play a little bit different, so on and so forth. And when Donnie gets back, hopefully we just incorporate him. And that way maybe we can start obviously not taking um, Bruno completely out of the lineup. But if we're in a position where we can drag Bruno off after 60 minutes because the game is done, we can just drag him off and we won't have to just let him play needless minutes, kind of like how he did against Real Sociedad. Um, And now speaking of fixtures to come, we have in the next coming, I think it's five games, we're going to play obviously City at the weekend. We play Milan in the Europa League. We play West Ham. And then we play Leicester in the FA Cup. Now, do you guys, given the recent performances, does that run kind of make you guys nervous about the fixtures to come? Or are you guys thinking, that's ah, it's just a minor blip. We'll be, we'll be okay. And, Joe, I'll go to you first. Sorry. Yeah. Um, it's definitely been a problem this season whenever clutch times have um, came up and we've struggled to you know, build on our momentum. Like whenever we went top of the league in January, we f- I think we've won three out of our last 10 in the league which is yep. really disappointing when we should have really pushed on and tried to build a league at the top, when, especially when Kevin De Bruyne was out. Um, and now he's sort of slowly starting to come back. So, you know, I can't see any, anyone other than City at the minute. But obviously the, the run of form coming up is something that the players, it'll be a mental challenge for them as much as, as, much as anything. Milan, I don't think, is going to be the quite the dogfight everyone else is expecting. I know Zlatan is expected to miss both legs. Um, yeah, they seem to be dropping off a little bit at the moment too. Yeah, and I think we can definitely exploit their, their defence. I don't think their defence is strong enough at all. And when you've got one of the best counter-attacking sides in the world in Man United with Rashford, Greenwood, you know, Martial on his day, Bruno, I think we're going to exploit that like the best, one of the best counter-attacking teams in the world like we are, especially down that left-hand side with Rashford against Dallas. Yeah. And Rohit, what do you think about the upcoming uh, run of games? Are you a bit concerned given these recent performances, or do you think that um, we'll we'll turn it around relatively soon? Um, ultimately, you need to play every team in the league, right? <laughs> Twice. <laughs> so right. there's no there's no getting away from it. And if you want to be the best, you have to learn to play the best and beat the best, right? Um, what is supposed to happen against Manchester City this weekend will happen in the sense that we thought that City would hammer us last year and then we did the double over them. Um, people also told me that uh, Real Sociedad will absolutely rinse us and then we rinse them. So, um, yeah, and there have been games where we've been really good. Like we beat uh, Paris Saint-Germain, Leipzig. Uh, you know, no, everybody said we'd end the... End the that that uh, uh, group stage on zero points or three points or six points, and then you know we we did surprise quite a few people and get some good results there and some bad results, of course. Uh, I'm not too concerned. We've got to go. We've got to take on this challenge, and uh, we've we've got to to do our absolute best and learn from it. Is it is it going to be a con- is yeah. It congested? Yeah, it's congested. But I I agree with with Joe there. We can we can still beat. I think I see us being able to beat Milan. I think we need to prioritize uh, the uh, the Europa League and the, the Premier League together. Yeah? Uh, because, you know, the, the the FA Cup still has some big opponents there. Europa League, I think that we are the top-seeded team easily over there. So, 
fingers crossed that we can win that and and a second uh, position in the in the league this year. Uh, hopefully, we can sustain that. And then, of course, uh, progress in the FA Cup, maybe making it to the final or even winning it would be great. But even without winning the FA Cup, I would still say that's that's progress uh, overall if you get the Europa League and a second place league finish. Right. And for me, I think um, I agree with both of you guys' points. I think we, to, Rohit, to your point, especially, you know, you, you can't run away from certain teams, especially in the league. You're going to you're going to play them sooner or later. And a lot of the times in the cup competitions, you're expected um, all the good teams are expected to make deep runs. So to win it, you're going to have to go through at least one big team. For me, I would like to think that if we are going to start to improve on the performances again, I, I hate to sound like a broken record, but I think that the midfield play just has to get has to get better. And I think that. If, you know, we see better performances from the midfield, I think that we should be able to um, certainly improve performances, but I certainly think that um, we should be able to be favorites and bar the city game. We should be able to win all of those games is what the, is what my expectation yep. is. And speaking of the midfield now, that brings me to, to this point that I had. Um, you know, we've, we talk a lot and we've mentioned um, amongst the three of us today that the front four, um, the combination of Bruno and Marcus Rashford, Greenwood, Martial have kind of been struggling in recent weeks. Let me ask you guys this question. Do you think, and again, I hate to keep bringing back the midfield question, is the issue that they are not performing well or that we have not been supplying our forwards with high-quality chances? We look at the game against Crystal Palace yesterday, right? And I want to get you guys' thoughts on that game as well. But we had one shot on target against Crystal Palace. So I asked you guys the question, and Joe, I'll come to you first. Is the issue the forwards, really, or is it the midfield supplying the forwards with chances? Yeah, I'm not entirely sure it's the, the forwards problem. Um, I thought, you know, we created one decent shot yesterday. I think it was James. Um, did he put a ball into Greenwood or something? He almost got on the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a good chance for Rashford too, the Luke Shaw yeah. that he pulled just wide. Yeah. Um, you know the midfield is obviously really struggling without Pogba. He was, you know, he, he was the, the man who, you know, drove us to thinking, you know, what could we actually do it and go on and win the title this season? And without him, ever since he's got injured, you know, we've slowly started to see a, a fall in results and performances. Um, I think Maddox yesterday might not have been the right move. I know McTominay is—he just came back to fitness. I think he, you know, passed his fitness test by the skin of his teeth on Sunday to play against Chelsea. But you know, Fred Maddox as a pivot—I'm not sure you can actually, you know, really expect them to create that many chances. They're more there for the defensive reinforcement yeah. and you know to to keep it tidy at the back. There's only so much that front four can do by themselves. Yeah, yeah. I look at Fred and Matic, and one can't run, and the other can't pass. Rohit, yep. um, what were your thoughts on the game against Crystal Palace yesterday? Um, and and again, do you think that we have a problem more so with the midfield than we do with our forward players? Um, I I disagree with Joe that I think it's it's a problem of both, to be honest, because um, when our midfield is firing this season, and it has been strong. Uh, we've still had uh, very questionable forward play uh, from Martial especially. Um, and yeah, Rashford has his issues of, of also his decision-making and his finishing at times. 
Uh, and nonetheless, he's still been good in terms of contributions, right? Uh, Marcus Rashford. And Edinson Cavani has been the standout striker, right? He's, he's really done well. He's used his experience. His work rate is ridiculously strong. Um, so I think that, that it is a little bit of both in there. And obviously, when you lose Paul Pogba, who was really, really good um, for so many months now, uh, what, was it four months or so that he's been really strong? Obviously, our creativity is going to take a bit of a hit and, and Matic and Fred are, with due respect to them, not the best uh, partnership in the midfield, right? So, the minute you have Scott McTominay coming back in there and he will obviously start the game with, with Fred on, on Sunday, they will play a very high-intensity game. They will play and put in a lot of effort. That's I'm, I'm not, not too worried about that. Uh, last night, what happened was I think Edinson Cavani uh, was a bit of colour, right? But he again put in a lot of effort. That that cannot be questioned. Ultimately, I think it's another matter of another week or or ten days or so to get him back to back to his best. And if you have Paul Pogba coming in, I'm not sure what his return date is. Uh, if you guys can share that, but the minute he's back, I think things will start to change as no, well. I don't know. Yeah, I have uh, Joe. I don't know if you know. I have no idea when um, they're saying Pog was going to be back. Um, I think it's going to be another two to three weeks. Oh, great! So that's going to rule him out for majority of the next four to five games. Then, yeah, um, especially during a tough run. Yeah, I, I, for me, I like I said, I think that you know we. I look at you know I've been I've been guilty of saying you know Marshall needs to be doing better, Rashford needs to be doing better, Greenwood needs to be doing better. But I, I kind of sit back and I rewatch some of the games and I kind of am thinking, you know, we really don't create a lot of great opportunities. And I, and I, Rashford, I don't think is Rashford, Marshall, Greenwood. I think all of them are the kind of strikers where they're going to need chances to score. And I think even Cavani, if you look at his career, I think before he came to United, he had the reputation of being a striker who offers a lot, but he still needs uh, multiple chances to score. Saying that, I think that as a result, we need to make sure that we are providing them multiple opportunities. And I'm not expecting us to be like City and, and create um, like 10 to 15 opportunities a game or something ridiculous like that. But I do think that we need to up the quality to give those guys the opportunity to score. Um, now let's talk about some additional news that we got during the week. Uh, we've talked about Pogba a bit, saying that you know we kind of missed his quality in midfield. A uh, report came out from, I believe, Andy Minton um, early in the week saying that he's set to sign a new contract and Andy Minton believes that he's going to stay at the club. First question, Rohit, I'll come to you. Do you believe that this news is accurate? And second of all, um, is do you welcome the prospect of Paul Pogba staying at the club or would you prefer that you know we kind of sell him and we move on from all of the shenanigans that have become associated with Paul Pogba? Um... Yeah. First of all, I think of all the, the journalists around, Andy Mitten is one of the most reliable, if not if not the most reliable when it comes to United stuff, right? He's got a lot of inside information and what he says tends to be true. That being said, for some odd reason, he's blocked me on Twitter. I don't know. Andy, if you hear this, please unblock me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really, really, I really don't understand. Nonetheless, um, look, I've always believed that a happy, committed, um, top-notch performance, Paul Pogba, 
um, is makes Manchester United a better a better team than without him. This is my opinion. At the same time, I also believe that those performances and those good runs that that come uh, come very sporadically. They're not consistent. Um, I don't take too well to the fact that he went public and he went to Japan and he spoke out about his desire to consider his future and and potentially look for a different club. And uh, look, Mino Raiola is a smart agent. He knows exactly what he's doing. Um, he's not speaking and making all these comments like he did the day before the, the game against Leipzig um, without Pogba's consent. And the proof is in the pudding. He manages uh, Donnarumma. He manages Verratti. He manages so many high-profile players. He's never really spending his life talking about mm-hmm. them. But but Paul Pogba, he's always got something to say that indicates that he's going away. Um so I think that it's 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 time to get the best that we can for for the player, uh, you know, uh, and let him move on. Otherwise, you're going to end up with another case of paying another three hundred and fifty k or four hundred k a week as a minimum to to uh, to convince yep, him to stay. Convince him Where to stay. I'm in support yep. of him signing a new contract is if it increases his value and we get a better price for him, as we did with Cristiano Ronaldo in 2008 and then we sold him in 2009. So, we've got to look at that. The most important thing, I'm not worried about Pogba leaving. Uh, Pogba's left before we've survived. Bigger players than Paul Pogba have left Manchester United and the club has survived, whether you blame the Glazers for it or not. Um, But ultimately, we need to be signing players and there are enough players out there I believe who can who can who can replace him um, and uh, the club can continue to go from strength to strength if they reinvest the money uh, smartly and of course that is the bigger question yeah yeah and to Rohit's point um, Joe I'll come to you now I think I agree wholeheartedly Andy Mitten um, is I've been following him as well, and I find him to be very reliable. Um, I know specifically the news about Palestri. I remember hearing him mention him on a podcast months before uh, we actually signed him. And so when we actually did, I wasn't surprised. Um, And Joe, you yourself are a journalist. But it just feels kind of weird because we've heard a lot of other people say that there's no way that Pogba is going to renew his contract, that he wants out. He's wanted out for some time now. So I'll come to you now. Do you welcome the prospect of Paul Pogba staying or are you a little bit kind of skeptical about, you know, the, what may have transpired that is now going to cause him to stay? Um, first United? of all, I just want to say, I don't think there's any doubts whatsoever about Andy Mitten's credibility. And I think he's, you know, the number one source for United, but there's always a chance he could have been fed this information by Raula or someone close to Pogba in order to gain, you know, extensive interest in other clubs and, you know, get people talking about him again. Because at the end of the day, that's what Raula likes to do. He likes to get people talking about his players and get them interested. Because at the end of the day, he wants to collect the bag and nothing else. So, um, but I'm not sure I would completely welcome the idea of a new contract. Like Rowett said, if it was to bolster his price so we could get another, you know, say 20 or 30 million for him in the summer, by all means, go for it. But I'm not sure there's much point going and offering him a new contract to let him stay whenever we haven't seen the consistency from Pogba since he's joined whatsoever. He's been fantastic this season um, in our, you know, smallish title charge that happened um, pre-Christmas and just after. We saw him in the, I think, I think that period was the best. He's, uh, we've seen him since Ollie was appointed as interim manager. 
Um, but it's just it's that consistency we need to see for us to justify spending that money to keep him. Whenever there's potential that we could bring someone else in, I'm not sure who, but who could potentially fit the system better, offer us more consistency on a cheaper contract, allowing us to ex- you know expand our squad into different players. Um, Pogba is undoubtedly on his. Anyone can you know disagree with me on that, but maybe it's been fun at times. Uh, we haven't, you know, it was, uh, it was written in the stars for him to come back to. Graduated, uh, he won trophies with us, albeit not the trophies we wanted necessarily. But if we can get, I'd say, 100, 120 million for him in the summer, we can, you know, look to invest elsewhere that would bring us consistency, quality, to take us back to the top. Uh, yeah, and for me, um, I'm, I'm a big Paul Pogba fan um, long before he came uh, back to United. I've been a fan of Paul Pogba, but having said that, I'm a Manchester United fan first. So what I would hope happens is that if we do um, – if we do find a way to renegotiate a contract with Paul Pogba and he is open to staying at the football club, I hope that we can put all of the shenanigans with him and Raiola behind us. And I hope that, I, I don't know why I kind of, I heard a rumor a while ago and I don't know if you guys may have heard the same thing that one of the reasons that Paul Pogba had wanted to leave the football club was because he felt that we weren't matching his ambition. It's a similar tale to Wayne Rooney many years ago. So what I would hope is that this news of him suddenly being open to the prospect of signing a new contract is due to the fact that we have sat him down and gave him assurances of the direction that the football club is um, going in the summer and in the years to come. And hopefully he wants to be a part of the project. Um, Now, speaking of where we're going in terms of the future, we've heard a lot of rumors recently about uh, center backs. That's been Kunde from Sevilla. It's been Varane from Real Madrid um, Pau Torres from Villarreal. Um, my question to you guys, and again, I'm going to use the, the favorite word of the pod today. Do we need to be prioritizing our efforts on signing a center back that's going to cost, I think I've seen us say, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, we're, we're not going to go higher than, what is it, $60 million for a center back? Does that need to be the priority, or do we need to start looking at the other holes, namely in the midfield, to start trying to improve that part of the team. Uh, I think Joel, the center back is the first position I would attempt to upgrade in the summer. And I haven't really had that, you know, worry that it's in Ferdinand left. I know with Maguire and he's a you know he's a good player, but he has his he has his days, he has his inconsistencies that you know we can also um and we haven't really found an overly suitable partner for him. But Lindelof is a train wreck next to him sometimes. He on his days, you know, he's a great passer. He can he can get a long ball, but we haven't really seen that. He's always capable of a, of a, and someone that we back is someone who's consistent and reliable alongside Maguire. Bay is Bay's been fantastic, you know, in December and um, whenever he came into the side, I remember he had a, a monster performance against Aston Villa. So you know what? Could be our long term option. But then again, the injury problems came back. We're not sure that he is, you know, fit. And will he stay fit? I'm not sure. So 
um, buy-in is definitely not the choices I would go with to partner with. I think Rafa Ver really interesting game. Um, he's won it all at Madrid alongside Rafa. He's quick. He's mm-hmm. I think Maguire lacks because Maguire is so slow. Um, but he, he does the simple things right. And I think <laughs> someone like Varane could alongside him, but the 60 million price cap that we've put on Van centre back would be really problematic. As I've seen people value Varane upwards of which I think is absolutely ridiculous to play to pay for someone like that. Um, it would have been nice to put Meccano, but I've seen the buyer. Um, I think he had a 45 million release clause as well, which would have been I trust the guys yep. at the club. I decided he isn't right for them, then so be it. But uh, is the player for price and for the longevity that he could bring consistency. That would be my choice for centre back. Right, right. And Rohit, what do you think about all of the links linking us to high-profile centre backs? Do you think that that's an area? Well, I, I definitely think it's an area we should be attempting to improve on. But do you think that there may be other more pressing areas, given our recent performances, that we need to now start to look into? Bef- not before, but simultaneously. Um, what do you think? I've reached a point now where uh, I I don't trust Anthony Martial anymore to to be the number nine, and we need a striker. That's clear. Yeah. So um, I would I would look at a striker. I'm not saying number one, but that's one important position. The other one clearly is is the right wing issue, right? And now uh, maybe we could get Jaden Sancho this summer cheaper, or we focus on developing Ahmad Diallo uh, into that position, or Mason Greenwood now at least for another year. Uh, but it's got to be addressed, yeah, because there's too much dependency on the left wing, in my opinion. Um, and Daniel James, you know, yep. Daniel James is a great player. He can deputize on either wing, you know, but it's just the quality isn't there at the level that we need it. Yeah. Now, another big problem, I believe, that will alleviate the defensive issues is having a proper central defensive midfielder. I would be on a on a on a. Agreed. Well, you don't even have to get a train get a train now to 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 London because our head office is technically in London. Um, <laughs> Matt Judge should be knocking on David Moyes' door and having them keep Lingard over there on a full term deal and 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 getting Declan Rice across. Yeah, uh, this is a uh, this would be a really really strong opportunity for us to get Declan Rice um, because Chelsea have cooled their interest in him. Now, when it comes to the centre back pairing. I agree fully that the most important thing of getting a centre-back is that it's got to be somebody with pace because Maguire is very reassured at times, but I feel that the minute that he's up against a pacey attack, he tends to uh, to lose his focus and he tends to panic. This is very obvious. Besides him, when Eric Bailly is around or Axel Twanzebe is around, he's more reassured, but we know the issues with those two. And therefore, for me... Um, uh, Rafael Varane at this point, even though I wanted Upamecano was my first choice, uh, Varane would be a relatively easy do, deal to do, I would say, as a, as a straight swap for Paul Pogba to Real Madrid. So if you are able to do that and get Rafael Varane back, because he's easily worth 60 million, and so would Paul Pogba be maybe 40 or 50 million, right? So let's let's say we even it out and, 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 and swap them over. Um, I think that would be a really, really 
strong bit of business for us. Yeah, and Varan has winning mentality. One thing that we need to reinforce the squad with at multiple areas of the pitch is winning mentality. You've got Cavani who has it in a in a bit part role. You've got Bruno who's got not the greatest credibility of winning multiple trophies, but has good and outstanding mentality. I would say, and at the back we have absolutely no proven trophy bred experience. Um, you know, we're the only one who's won the Premier League in that in that back four, for example, is is, is David De Gea, right? And that was what eight years ago now. So it's a lot of areas that need reinforcing. Yep. And yep. we don't. It, it, I would say we don't need to also buy expensive always. Yeah, we need to buy smart. Uh, uh, Alex Tellis for me. Agreed. Smart business. Donny van der Beek. Smart business. Yeah, not not giving us fruit right now, but. But the way it's been done, smart business. Even Cavani, I thought he was a panic buy, but still very smart business by United. And doing that, we can reinforce ourselves. Agreed. Because I'm more excited for what's coming through the academy right now. There are some outstanding potential players over there who in the next three to four years could be could be something big for us. Agreed. I'd... I, as I've said a bunch of times now, I definitely think that we need to look at the midfield. Um, Declan Rice, quality player, but I'm worried that West Ham are going to want ridiculous amounts of money. Um, So to Rohit, to your point, I think that we do need to do smart business. Um, I was actually talking to a buddy of mine today, another United fan, and we were just kind of talking about how some of the players that we've got, good players, but we paid a lot more than what we probably should have been paying for them. So I'd, I would love to see us kind of do smart business. Um, I, but I, and I also agree with Joe's point that we, we need a center back. Um, I, I don't want to overlook that position in our team. Um, and I'd love Varane. However, I'm wary of another Schweinsteiger situation where these clubs like Bayern, Barcelona, Real Madrid, when they kind of sell you a player, there's – typically a reason for that if you guys are following what I'm saying. They don't just give you their best players in their prime. Because I think Varane is, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, he's 27 or something like that. He's not, he's not old. He's not on the other side of 30. Um, so I'm just wondering if they're selling us Varane because they know something that we don't quite know yet. And he's going to want a lot of money. And when he's not surrounded by world-class players like Casemiro, like Sergio Ramos, and Tony Cruz and Luka Modric in midfield, it might be a different story. Um, so that's, those are just my thoughts. Now, looking ahead to the weekend, um, try to finish up on a bit of a more positive note. Um, for you guys, Rohit, I'll come to you first. Ahead of the Derby this weekend, what is your favorite huh, memory? Manchester Derby. My- <laughs> give me one at um, Old Trafford I'll, and then give me I'll one at the Etihad. Uh, my favorite um, – Derby memory at Old Trafford was last season because I was there. That was the last time we were all in Old Trafford together uh, when Scott McTominay stroked yep. home that, what was it, 20, 30, 30 yard uh, 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 hit from, I mean, it, it was outstanding. Yeah, he, he, he stroked that ball home in stoppage time and there were rumors, okay, that there was going to be a shutdown because of COVID and all. We were hugging people we didn't know in the stands. It was absolutely off the charts. That's Darby uh, there for you. <laughs> there were t- uh, tears swimming, dripping yep. down my cheeks. 
it was such an amazing day i will never forget that moment in my life and and yeah i mean that that was my favorite moment um the other the, my favorite moment at the etihad was uh, we went to to the etihad to watch the game against it was the carabao cup game the second leg uh, which we we won 1-0 and uh, a mm-hmm. friend of mine uh, he has a season ticket just next to me at old trafford we went in on the manchester city home fans quota and uh, we were sitting in the in the stand with the home fans there and uh, and 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 matic scored uh, we won the game but we went out uh, uh, we went out because because city uh, uh, went on 3-3 to an aggregate uh, but when matic scored um, it was so difficult for me to hold in my joy i i went I I closed my mouth but I went, <laughs> and and you know you don't get uh, shot or something. My, my my friend and I you know like just gripped each other's yeah. hands and like tension through our bodies to not scream and and dance about it but but we were just just watching and uh, uh, yeah and and this lady sitting next to me a city fan. uh was looking at me and she was very abusive of the city squad the whole time when they were playing and said uh, like aren't you disappointed with this performance and i was like oh uh, uh i am a tourist i just come for for football yeah yeah <laughs> uh joe what about you what are your uh, favorite derby day memories one from old trafford and one from the or four to win Uh, I think Ashley Young, Slaney, Mata. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there, but I remember watching the TV and just thinking, Michael, electric. So, when it is, you know, feeling you really can't describe, you know, getting one over the noisy neighbours is unbelievable. And I think we went as well, scored four. Um, and it was one of the best days ever. Um, the fourth that season, um, City ended up... Uh, Pepin us kind of something, but you know that was a that was a great. Uh, at the Etihad, I think um, it would have to be under Fergie title winning season three two, family in the last minute because yeah. <laughs> it was we went oh, we went too hard and we threw Rooney twice <laughs> and then um, Yaya Toure and Zabaleta and brought it back yep. later yep. and then okay. I remember sitting with my head in my hands, thinking, "God, this has to go." Um, and it took it the fashion. Heart was wrong-footed, and the limbs were unbelievable. I think I remember Rio Ferdinand getting hit by a coin as well. Yeah, exactly. That was the game. Yeah. And a fan ran on the pitch. And, yep, yep. Like pushing him away and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, unbelievable game. And you know, yeah, proper a lot to us. I think because you know the run recently hasn't been good enough. It looks like City are going to run away with the title. So if we can somewhat stop their, you know, you know, build some momentum to get us started and for the end of the season, really push and you know, at least finish the season on a high, that would be you know the dream come. Yeah, I think uh, my two moments. Uh, the first one at Old Trafford. Yeah, uh, Rooney overhead kick. I was surprised neither of you guys mentioned that one. Um, I remember I, I missed that game, and I I watch every single United game um, preseason, 
you know, and obviously Premier League, Champions League, Europa League, et cetera, watch every game. And for whatever reason, that was one that I missed. And I remember getting back in and seeing the highlights and saying, oh, my God, he did what? And, and was mad that I missed it live because I was sure I would have went crazy seeing it live. I mean, when I say live, of course, I mean from the living room because I'm in the States. So um, favorite memory at the Etihad Sorry. Um, because Joe took mine uh, from the Van Persie free kick. I'm going to go Rashford's debut. Uh, well, not debut, but Rashford's Derby debut, scoring 1-0 and effectively retiring Nicolas Odomendi. That, that was a game that I don't remember a lot of great moments in the game, but I just remember kind of thinking to myself going into it, yeah, this could, this could be bad. We got a lot of injuries at the time, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. We got a couple kids in the team. I don't, I don't know how it's going to go. I'm pretty sure Rashford, the first opportunity he got, ran it out of Mendy, nutmegs him. And he retired him still. Oh, sorry. Di Michele. Sorry. Yeah. Run. Yeah. They're both gone, but runs at him, nutmegs him and finishes as coolly as you'd like. And in probably one was at the the biggest game in his career at that, at that time. Um, So that was, Probably for me, that's definitely another one of the standout um, Derby moments for me. Another one that runs it close is, um, yeah. I think, Skull yeah, scoring a uh, last-minute header. And I think, yeah. yeah exactly. Was that the yeah, same exactly. game that Gary Neville, like, kissed him on the mouth? Yeah, yeah. That, that, was, a, that was a mad Derby, too. Um, now, let's look again to the, uh, to the weekend. Uh, Joe, give me your predicted starting 11. What do you think Ollie will do and how do you think we? How do you think we beat City? Give me your starting eleven and your your game plan effectively, and then strong. score prediction. Um, obviously, De Gea looks like he's going to be out for the next while, so we'll have Dino and goal. But I'm not too fussed about that because he was absolutely brilliant last night against Palace. Um, back four, I'd go with um, Wan-Bissaka, obviously Maguire and Bay. I, I simply don't trust Lindelof in a game like this. Um, Luke Shaw at left back. Um, I'd probably go for a, a four-three-three. I know it's standard, but I think we have to play through the wings here. Um, depends if City, City start a fullback. If they start, you know, Cancelo mm-hmm. at right back, I think there's definitely room for Rashford to to run at him. Um, uh, I think I would definitely go with Greenwood at the, yep. at the st- striker spot number nine again because I thought he was he, sh- he showed some really good um, you know glimpses on Sunday against Chelsea and that's where he played as a youth as a youth level player. That's how he built his name. As an out and out centre forward, scoring goals every single week, and I think that's his most natural position. He's been wasted on the right wing this season, so I think we should see a front three of uh, Rashford, Martial, and then yeah, or sorry, not Martial, Greenwood. Um, and I think last season, whenever we went to the Etihad and we uh, we won two one, Daniel James had a brilliant game down that right hand side. I think he got an assist from Martial as well. So I wouldn't be opposed yep. to trying to use the wings as much as we can, get down there with the pace. You know, get some balls into the box, and you know when Greenwood gets an opportunity like that, it's just it's money. Yep, yep. And so, give me your um, score prediction for the for the game at the weekend. We have a lot of quality, but obviously, when it's Derby Day, form goes out the window, and you're just you're there on the day. Um, I I I honestly yep. hope we win, of course, but I just can't see it happening at the minute. Um, we've got. 
you know, the league isn't even our main focus right now. The Europa League, we're, we're probably looking ahead to, to Milan instead of this game, I'd say. But um, it's, it is important that we do try our best to get the three points and, you know, set a reminder for the rest of the, of the league that we're not just here to take second place and that we're here to fight for it. Yep, yep. Uh, Rohit, what are your uh, thoughts in terms of how we should approach the game and your predicted 11? I think, and your first of all, have self-belief. Yeah, just because City are, what is it now, 14 points ahead. Uh, we're, not, we're not going there to sit back and, and crown them champions or concede the title. Right? We've got to go there and fight. Uh, I'm sure the, the team will be, will be set up to do that. Um, at the back, I would say we need to have first of all uh, Dean Henderson uh, in goal, and I would I would have that irrespective of whether David De Gea is is available or not. Uh, with due respect to whatever is going on in his personal life right now, um, at the back four it's quite a simple one. It's it's uh, it's Baye Maguire in the center, and of course we've got uh, Luke Shaw and then uh, um, Aaron Van Bissaka as that right back. And of, uh, obviously, start Scott and, and Fred in midfield for that industry, for that for that uh, uh, constant energy. And you know, I think Scott McTominay should be getting forward also and in, in getting into some more threatening positions. Yeah, uh, he makes an extra man in the box at times, so that would be great uh, to see him attacking. Bruno is of course uh, probably first name on the team sheet, uh, <laughs> but yeah, and. Uh, up front in attack, I would have uh, Rashford is a no-brainer. Um, now, I would, however, not start Greenwood as the striker. Remember, City have got the best centre-backs, uh, centre-back pairing in all of Europe right now, in my opinion. So, I'm not sure if, if Greenwood has the mm-hmm. maturity to deal with those two guys. Uh, whether it's Yaporta and, uh, and Stones or uh, uh, or um, uh, Ruben Diaz. So I would start Cavani and I would have um, on the right hand side, I would have Greenwood because I I trust Greenwood to be able to create or cause a, an issue to them. Yeah, on the right hand side with uh, against their, their full backs. And, and the same thing on Rashford running at Cancelo, I agree. Um, now, at the other end, I would I would also give Dan James a substitute appearance after six minutes sixty or sixty five on the right wing because he will after a long game and you know stretch play he will be able to get into the back terrorize and and push the the city defense and may be able to 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 score a winning goal for us. Gotcha. No, and did you game. did you give uh, your score prediction for the game? Scores. Uh, I'm almost always uh, r- wrong uh, because I, I, I when it comes to scores, yeah. But uh, I I, I uh, <laughs> not the fourth one. Just room. don't say no, I, no, please. I believe that it. I believe <laughs> for a surprise. That's all I'll say. Yeah, yeah. For me, I think. Um, I think that we can hurt City um, out wide. I think our pace on the counterattack, I think this is uh, actually probably set up for us to kind of cause them damage because we know that they're going to commit numbers forward and we know that if we can win the ball back and spring a counter, 
I don't think there's many teams in Europe that are going to be able to live with Rashford and Daniel James in a foot race. So I think um, depending on who Pep chooses to play in fullbacks, if he plays Kyle Walker and um, Cancelo, I think Kyle Walker can, he's one of the few people alive that will keep up um, on a football pitch with Marcus Rashford. But I think we can get at Cancelo um, or Zinchenko. So I think for me, my predicted 11 would be um, Henderson and goal, Wambasaka right back. Um, I feel I, I don't I would I, I don't want to see Lindelof and Maguire, but I have a feeling we're going to see Lindelof and Maguire. Uh, Shaw left back, uh, Fred and McTominay in midfield, of course, Bruno with 10, Rashford left. Um, uh, Joe, you made the point about Dan James starting on the right. I, I would I think this is a great game for Dan James to cause them problems on the counterattack. And we know we're going to get um, work rate from him going back, which will be important um, on Sunday as well. I think up top, ah, oh, geez, up top, I, I'm, I think Cavani will play. Um, but I'm just worried about us rushing him back from injury um, a little bit too soon. But I do think Cavani will play. And the score I'm going to go with, I can't say nil-nil. Um, so I'm going to go with, with uh, uh, I, I can't see us winning. I'm going to go 1-1. Hate to be, hate to just copy Joe's prediction, but I'm going to go 1-1. Um, yeah, yeah, I hate to, I hate to say it's safe. None of us, none of, well, I shouldn't say none of us because Rohit didn't give a score, but yeah, none of us are, are predicting a win. It's kind of unfortunate, but hopefully the guys can, yeah, hopefully they'll surprise us. But anyway, um, I want to thank you guys for joining us today on the pod. Yeah, um, Joe, you, you want to tell Thanks the listeners where they can find guys. you? I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. And Rohit, you want to tell the listeners where they can find you as well? tweet from the United Journal. Ah, okay. And I'm uh, at MattSmalls3 on Twitter. Um, and thank you guys so much. And we'll talk to you soon. Yep. Nice one. And we're nice done. Nice right. chat. Oh, uh, all right. Yeah, Matt. Uh, you, yeah, yeah that, was a, that was a long yeah. one. You, you've got to uh, record a, a, a starting and, a, and, a, and an outro as well, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna um right, right as we up. wrap this, I'm gonna um, Joe, I'm gonna knock that out. Do, do you happen to know any inside insights on, yeah. on on summer signings, by the way? You seem to be summer signings. Uh, not at the minute. Um I've just got lineups. Um but whenever I hear if I do hear something on Sunday, it's not hundred percent confirmed that I will, but if I do, I'll let you guys know straight away and I'll put it into the chat. Good, good, good. Um I yesterday Laurie Whitwell um uh, is it Laurie? Yeah, Laurie who, who tweeted yeah, out for the saying, athletic. Sorry, for the athletic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. saying uh, uh, probably two marquee signings, but three three signings in total. Uh, is that is what Man United are looking at? Subject to 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 letting to getting rid of some players, Kunde, Sancho, and maybe someone else. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I didn't want to I didn't want to start the hype train because I'm sure we'll have many an episode where we talk about transfers. But I, I I'm a big fan of Sancho at right wing. He I would. think he would do he would take us up levels, probably more mm. than a center forward. I, I, I There's think a hot it depends take. on which center forward. But like if you that's just Harland, my opinion. I would take Harlan first over any player in any position on the pitch. But um, hey, that's just me. And the other one I think that we really need to do is that that defensive midfielder. 
because the minute you get the defensive midfielder then you invert the 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 midfield and you have one defensive midfielder and you have two more advanced attacking and i think with with if you have bruno and donny van der beek in that that or even pogba if he stays right whatever it is that will be absolutely mouth watering mm-hmm. yeah i think here's another interesting opinion that i had i think that if we were to have rover to your point if we were to have a proper defensive midfielder we might come to find that the yeah, partnership of Lindelof and Maguire mm-hmm. might not be as bad as we thought. Yeah. But I definitely, I'm, and, I, and I love Holland too as a player, but I don't know why I just can't get over putting Erlen Holland up front and then seeing the same sort of problem that we're having with Martial where we're saying, oh, well, we're not getting anything from the center forward. He's like, for got because two chances again. We offer Cavani that new contract to 2024. I think that's the year that Holland's contract expires at Dortmund, so they're definitely planning ahead anyways. So if Ollie's still here, I can't see um, why why it wouldn't happen. Yeah. The only, yeah. And I think I think yeah. Uh, the, yeah. Madrid want Haaland. Yeah. Madrid want Haaland. Uh, City want Haaland. Uh, Everyone wants Haaland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't Boston think Madrid have the money though. I don't think any of the Spanish clubs have the money for him though. Yeah, they're selling players for yeah. like they sold Arturo Vidal for under chance, under yeah. a million. Okay. Barcelona actually so stifling, um, yeah. um, playing. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Coutinho. They're actually oh, yeah. keeping Coutinho back from playing because if he has a certain amount of appearances a year, they've got to pay a bonus to Liverpool. Yep. They're, they're big time fucked. Yeah, that club is oh, wow. in a mess. <laughs> they're in the mud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I, I've i heard also people saying that, you know, City may be interested. I don't know if he's... City and stuff, so that might be the time to go more City, but I can't see him turning us down if we go for him. Yeah, yeah, but I, I in an ideal easy. world, we would sign Sancho and we would sign Holland, and like, yeah, and then to Rohit's point, we would do smart business, and like to Joe's point, we would trust our scouts and go out and find the next Angolo Conte somewhere in Brazil, and uh, we you know, have, spend we seven, eight million and he'll turn into a world leader. Uh, yeah. But uh, look, I I have a couple of of people I know in Old yeah. Trafford, right? Yeah. Um, Somebody told me about the Bruno transfer, and I put it out bloody twenty-five days before it happened. Um, the same people told me that it's actually the club is looking at at Jimmy Garner as the long-term defensive. He's been fantastic this season for uh, Nottingham Forest. Exactly. I've seen him like twice. I think he's been unbelievable. Uh, yeah, and when he I've, he plays yeah, I've heard he's been really good for Forest with with uh, Dylan Levitt. Yeah, it's a really really great combination. But of course, Levitt is another two years away easily. Um, but he could be uh, fast tracked. You never know. But my I have a very simple recipe. I know I'm going to make it sound like football manager, but um, I I would just sell Martial for for like forty million, which should be very possible. Uh, or I would sell him and get uh, and and put in another. 30, 40 million uh, uh, swap for uh, for Haaland. That's one thing. Um, Pogba swap for Varane, as I said. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, sell, well, Declan, give uh, Lingard over to, to West Ham plus 45 million or so, and you'll get um, Declan Rice there. 
So that's a total outlay of of a hundred million almost. And if you really want to be then greedy, um, uh, walk over to to Dortmund and put down another seventy or so for Sancho. Seventy million should be able to do it this year with the with the situation. You never know. And you sell yeah. off sell off Diego Dalot. Uh, you sell yeah. uh, uh, Eric Bailly also. Um, it's it's time. Uh, you know another fifteen million or so. You'd easily get in player sales combined, and also those other bits and bobs. Uh, yeah, Pereira will go. Yeah, for I saw it, uh, Andreas Pereira is still out there too. Pay or whatever for him, so he's gonna come back. Yeah, he is, but unfortunately, he he'll come back and he'll get, yeah, get yeah. ten million for him if we're lucky. Yeah. You can easily fifty million. I'm never, I'm, I'm never understand the the case with Andreas Ferreira because I mean, from afar, I look at him and I think, oh, there's something He's there. But then he gets on the field shit. and it's like, golly, just take him off. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't understand. But I definitely, um, I would, I'm really, I'm a big believer in smart business, Rohit. Like I, I agree wholeheartedly with your point that you know, there's business to be done out there if we do it, if we do it correctly. I think we can do it. And really improve the team, but the problem, of course, is the ownership is. Uh, they've they've shown a penchant for not really wanting to do things in a sensible manner. This whole discussion, in my opinion, on on how the Glazers run United, because we've seen clearly that they are penny pinching, right? They don't want to spend money, but it would be most sense sensible for them to make the smart purchases, right? It's just that historically we have not had the correct management overseeing this and. That's why we need a director of football. But ultimately, as long as Ole and McFeelin are pretty much doing that job right now of director of football, we've had a much better, not perfect, but much better hit rate of signings. So, uh, and, and there's simple ones. Huh? Um, uh, even for a, for a defensive midfielder, if you don't want to spend the money on uh, this guy, Declan Rice, uh, turn Cube Miners uh, from, from, yeah, from, from Aze. Uh, yep, there heard are his so name many too. Players that you can find who can be signed at a at a really good price. Yep, yep. I think here's another interesting take that I've been thinking of, and I don't want to give away too many. Like, um, I'm sure we'll discuss some of these things in more depth in the podcast to come. Since we know that the Glazers are penny pinchers. I agree with Rohit's point about us getting a sporting director, but maybe it's up to Ollie and Mike Phelan to kind of say, you know, we don't need to be spending 80 million on one player when we can easily go out and to your point, Rohit, go and find a player in Holland who like in Holland is in the Netherlands, not Erling Holland, but we can go to the country and find a player that will do a similar job and he'll cost and you're 20 taking million. the risk and get another player for 25 million that they'll come good sometimes you know Ollie and Phelan will want the quality that are straight away that they know is good I know it hasn't worked in the past but the amount of money we wasted on Di Maria yeah that still hurts to this day but I think you know obviously it's good going out and trying to buy youth and build them up and train them as you know the next big thing at the club but oh, yeah. you know proven quality is something that we're lacking at the moment yeah, and you know the the fun thing about this is, uh, well, not the fun thing. Sorry, the, yeah. the risky thing about all of this is, um, um, when you look at those those let's call them the cheaper buys, right? Yeah, where you you take a bit of a risk. Um, there, the bigger concern is really on the mentality. Can you play for Manchester United? You know? 
I mean, you you got Antonio exactly. Valencia, who wasn't brilliant yeah. as a yeah. player. I mean, he was a really good right winger when he first came into the club. He was, he was outstanding. But what was different about him was his mindset. Nothing phased him. He would just play and play. Nothing. You know, Bruno has the mentality also. These when you go and you get those those five million, eight million, ten million players, you've got to do a little bit of extra research on 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 mentality and mindset and uh, you know how they how they gel into the team and such. Yeah, I think going back to Joe's point that he made on the show, I think, you know, that's where, like, I would love to see us kind of trust our scouts and do, like, exactly, a thorough yeah. job of yeah. kind of getting answers to all of those questions. Just because, you know, I, I do think, you know, why is it that some of these other clubs, like, you see Real Madrid go to Brazil and pick kids, like, they, like Vinicius, for example, and Rodrigo, for example, they just go to Brazil, pick these kids, pay a lot of money, admittedly, but they go and play for Real Madrid and look, like, completely settled and you know what I mean? So I'm sure that we could easily canvas the globe because we, I know we've got scouts all over the place. So I'm sure we could go out and find people that players that can come in and do a similar job. But to Joe's point, we've got, we can't afford to kind of just be spending silly money. And then we're trying to get rid of players, you know, a month, a year, two years after we've already committed, you know, 15 to 20 million. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's not a good cycle for sustaining uh, progression and growth. Million. So what do you expect? <laughs> yeah. I don't... I'm sure we'll talk about... I'm sure, like... And, Rohit, I don't know if you might um, know the plans for the podcast going forward, but I'm sure at some point we'll talk about transfers and stuff. And I don't feel like... I feel like I've seen the calls for people wanting to sell Harry Maguire, which is hilarious to me. I don't think he should be sold. I do yeah. think that we, we definitely paid a lot more money than we should have. Should respect him. I don't know um, if you guys agree. All, all, you know, maybe he isn't worth $80 million, but it's the United tax they add on to that. <laughs> Leicester knew they could get that out of us. They're like, oh, this is United. We can add another maybe $20, $30 million on that he's actually worth. But at, at the time, we were desperate. We needed a centre-back, and he was, at the time, looked like the best fit. But mm-hmm. you know, I, think he's been, I think he's been really, really consistent and solid this yeah. season. I'm happy enough with him. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you know, like um, if we get a, a good holding midfielder in front of that defense, I think suddenly we'll see defenders that don't have to work as hard every game, and that's going to reduce the yeah. amount of like YouTube worthy errors that they make every game. So, but yeah, but anyway, guys, I won't take up uh, too much of your time. I know we really spent that. a lot of time talking yeah, on the thanks, pod, man. but thanks so much well, for, thank you for inviting me on. Thank you for life. making the vibe. Cheers, guys. See you in a bit. All right, guys, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Talking Manchester United. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, like, and leave us a review.